Hello and welcome to Tranquil Awakenings with me, Debbie Ison. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing change. When a client comes to work with me, they have identified that there is something going on in their life that they need to change. Now, this may be a habit or a behaviour. It may be a thought or a belief. There will be something holding them back from living their life to the fullest. And it is my job to work with them to help them identify, are they ready for the change? And if not, what do we need to do to get them so that they are ready? We need to work on what are the barriers to that change? And by identifying the barriers, we can then put in new helpful strategies to overcome those. And also put in safety nets, things that they can do to prevent them relapsing. But if they do, what methods, what strategies can they return to so that they can get back on track? So when a person comes to work with me, they will have already gone through a process a process of preparing themselves for the change. Initially, we all go through life just getting on with things. And at some point, however, something will make us aware that perhaps something is imbalanced or not going quite as we hoped. So the client will have moved from a stage where they've had no awareness as a problem to all of a sudden beginning to contemplate that there is something in balance that they need to change. However, at that stage, there's probably feelings of, ah, what's going to happen to me if I come out of my comfort zone? Or they may be procrastinating on creating those changes. However, something will happen at some point that will then push them into action they will start to recognise that they need to modify their feelings, their behaviours or their reactions in some way. And that's where they start to prepare themselves by making small changes. Perhaps they might start discussing with friends and family what's going on. And also they start to gather information as to what may help them and what path they may take going forwards. And that's the point where people tend to contact me. So when I'm working with my clients, they come for a consultation initially. And in that consultation, I will ask them all sorts of questions. And that's so that I can get a good broad picture as to what's going on, not only for the issue itself, but in their history and in their lives. I like to create a holistic view of each person and a rounded therapeutic treatment plan so we can get the client to where they want to be and they can maintain those positive changes. So from coming up with this plan, we decide what's going to happen for them to accomplish their goal. Now, as well as helping them to accomplish their goal and make the change, we also look at maintenance. How once they've made those changes, they're going to be able to maintain it in their lives when they're no longer coming to see me. And that's something I love about my job. So I'm the sort of therapist that I'm on a mission. I want you to come and see me. We want to make the change as quickly and as effectively as possible because I want my clients to go out and live their lives, enjoy living their lives. 
so that they no longer have to come and see me. So when I'm helping my clients to explore their issues, we're working together to find out initially what needs to change. Now, often they will come with a behaviour, for example, a habit or an addiction. That tends to be a symptom of an underlying cause. So to help me explore that, one of the models I like to employ is Diltz's model um, for logical levels of change and influence. So Diltz is a pioneer in NLP whose focus is consultation in leadership. And he's great at what he does. Fascinating to read his books. And what he says is there's basically different levels where an issue takes place. And they all can have an impact in, as to how successful we are creating the change. So we need to be checking that that change can take place at all levels. And he has this in a nice little pyramid. It's worthwhile you doing an internet search to have a look at that. So at the lowest level of that pyramid, there is the environment. Now, this is really important to explore with the client. This basically encompasses everything outside the self. It's the surroundings. It's the people that you interact with. It's the way that your thoughts and feelings and your actions are influenced by your external. And if the environment isn't suitable, it makes it much harder for somebody to put those changes into place. So, for example, if somebody was wanting to lose weight, however, they lived with somebody else that constantly ate takeaways and they could smell the food and in every cupboard it was full of chocolate bars. That would make it far harder for them to implement those changes than if they were perhaps without those distractions and things enticing them. So by looking at the environment, what we're doing is we're finding ways for them to make it easier to adopt and maintain the habit. Now, of course, we can't always change the environment. Sometimes we're in the environment that we're in. So my job would then be to help give them strategies so that that external environment no longer had a negative impact. At other times through exploring that environment, it might be that we come to the conclusion that something does need to change. For example, if they're in a job that they hate and it makes them miserable, is there anything that can be done to change the work environment to do a different job? Now, sometimes that is possible, other times not so much. So we work with whatever the client needs to do. As I've said, a lot of the time a client will come to me with a behaviour. Perhaps they are freaking out every time they think about going on a plane. Perhaps every time they get into an argument with their partner, they explode or alternatively run away. It could be anything. So what we're going to be doing is finding out the deeper meaning by behind that behaviour. What is it trying to achieve? And then we'll be putting new behaviours into place that help them to have a more positive outcome.
So once we've looked at those things, we'll be then moving on to capabilities. Now, what I mean by capabilities are the skills that people have, their competence. It's the behaviours and skills that they've learnt to master, things like the plans they create, the strategies, the knowledge that they have. And there's lots of things that we are very competent at in our day-to-day life, things that we don't even need to think about. For example, brushing our teeth. We can simply take the toothbrush, brush our teeth without really thinking about the process, and then carry on with our day. However, if we were to brush our teeth in a different way, for example, swapping hands with the toothbrush or brushing the teeth in a bit of a different order, it might feel unnatural or unfamiliar. So it's my job with the client to work out, have they first got the capabilities that they need to make the successful changes? Is there a different way they need to go about doing it so it feels more comfortable and more natural? And how are we going to put that into place? So, for example, a client may have the capabilities. It may be nothing to do with that and they're all fine. Other times, however, we may become aware that they're lacking some sort of capability. It may be that they have the issue coming up, but they've never learnt a different strategy as to how to deal with it more effectively. So my job may be teaching their mind how to deal with a situation in a better way, to give them the better feelings and the more positive outcome in a way that allows them to get on with everyone else and function more effectively. There may be other times where we identify there's a gap in their knowledge and they need to go and find that externally. So for example, If they've always been happy and confident with public speaking, but have recently become nervous, have they started a new job? Are they less certain about the skills? If that were the case, it may be that they need to acquire those skills in order for their confidence to grow. Other times, however, it may be that we need to look at beliefs and attitudes going on within them. And that is the next level that we'll be looking at. So when we're looking at the next level, we are looking at the individual's values and beliefs. These are the fundamental beliefs that people hold dear to them and that govern their lives. And we all have lots of values and beliefs that impact us every day. Sometimes we're very consciously aware of them and other times they're going on at an unconscious level. This can be really helpful to us. However, it can also create unconscious bias that holds us back. However, it's really important to explore your beliefs and your values. Because when your thoughts, feelings and actions are congruent, then you're going to feel a nice feeling of satisfaction. When everything is going perfectly in your life, not necessarily because things around you are going perfectly, but because from within, you are matching your choices and your actions to your values. Because when that tends to happen, it releases stress, it lowers internal conflict. So by becoming aware of your beliefs and values, that can help you to get on the right track. 
It can help you to feel more relaxed, more calm. It helps you to feel that you're able to say what you mean and mean what you say and speak your own truth. So by being aware of those values, that then helps you to focus on what you do want with your life. What you need to prioritise the most. How you're going to best use your time so you're living in accordance with your beliefs and values. There are, however, other times when beliefs and values can be an issue. Perhaps there is a limiting self-belief or there is a belief about individuals in the external world around them. So, for example, I had a lady a little while ago that came to work with me and she really wanted the confidence to be in a relationship with a man. However, that never really worked out. However, through our discussions and our work together, we identified after a while there was a limiting belief that all men are rubbish, all men would let her down and they couldn't be trusted. Now, of course, that wasn't the case. However, what we needed to do was find out why that limiting belief had been created. In that case, it was something traumatic from her past. We needed to heal that. And then we needed to update the beliefs so that they could be more positive for her to achieve that outcome of meeting somebody. And I'm really happy to say that a couple of months after she'd done this, um, she's met a lovely partner and is very happy now and life is a lot better for her. So when we recognise that we have a limiting belief, it's noting that we can change it. We don't have to believe what we have. Often our beliefs are shaped by the people around us, whether it's our parents, whether it's our teachers, whether it's what we listen to or read in the media. However, they tend to be based on other people's beliefs and perceptions. They're not necessarily reality. So as soon as we recognise that, it allows us to be open to possibly explore things in a new way. It opens us up for positive change. Now, linked with that, identity, which is the next level, often plays an important factor. By identity, I mean the question you ask yourself of, who am I? Lots of people will identify themselves with their roles. For example, they're a teacher, they're a father, they're a mother, they're a partner. However, it goes even deeper than that. It's about the way that you view yourself. It encompasses your memories, your experiences, your self-esteem and your self-worth. It's what defines you as a person. And it's recognising that that isn't concrete. Quite often people will have limiting beliefs that, well, I am the way that I am. I can't change. I've had these problems. This is part of my identity. It isn't true. Identity is malleable. We can develop all of the time when we choose. We do develop all the time. As we experience challenges in our lives, as we heal from those things, as we embark on new learning and as we grow, that all shapes and changes our identity. 
I think most of you are listening. If you thought back to, say, a decade ago, you would recognise that elements of who you are and your personality have perhaps shaped and changed to the individual you are now. So it's recognising that identity is changeable and you can be the person that you want to be. And that is really empowering. And then the final level of Diltz's model, which we'll go on to now, is purpose. Now, I really like exploring this with clients. And I find sometimes some of those individuals that particularly feel anxious or lost or depressed, it's because they are lacking that feeling of bigger purpose. So what I mean by purpose is answering that question of why am I here on this earth? And you know what? Most people don't know. I don't know. I'm figuring it out as I go along. I know what my purpose is for now. It's to help and make a difference. And I'm sure that will continue to be the case. However, it will grow and evolve over time. Now, if you don't know your purpose, that's okay. A good place to start is by focusing on your interests and your passions. What do you love doing? What makes you tick? And by following those and being open to new learning, you can go on a process of self-discovery. You can go on a journey. And through that journey, it helps you to feel connected to something bigger. It's how can I serve? How can I be part of the bigger community and the world around us? It's starting to notice what gives meaning to your life. And that's going to be different for everybody. It depends on your background, your experiences. However, by focusing on your interests and passions, that is a really good place to start. And if you can look at change on all of these levels, you can make sure that that change is congruent with every level of your system. And if it isn't, that's okay. Because any one or all of these levels can be adapted and changed. It's a great way of strategizing. It's a great way of breaking the problem down into different levels that you can tackle one at a time making it smaller steps that you can action to create that overall change. If you think about running a marathon, for example, if somebody asked me to run a marathon in one go, that would feel impossible. If, however, I was told all I needed to do was run 100 metres or 100 yards a day until I'd achieved it, that's doable. So sometimes it's making those small changes that allow the big change to take place over time. So what I invite you to do today is reflect on something that you want to change. Consider the behaviours that take place and what you'd like instead. Think about what changes may need to be put into place in terms of your environment. Ask yourself, is there anything I need help with? Is there anything else I need to learn? And if you're stuck, come and see somebody like me. We're trained to go through this process. I say it often, in our society, we're taught how to read, how to write, how to do mathematics, but we're not taught very well how to communicate effectively and how to deal with our emotions. So if you're struggling for a solution, get somebody to externally help you to find out 
what gaps in your knowledge are there and to help give you some alternative strategies so you've got the capabilities to deal with the situations going forwards. Think about your values and beliefs. Do they serve you any longer? And if you find some that don't, what do you want to do to change it? How would you like to think and feel instead? Think about who you are. What do you like about yourself? That's really important to focus on your positives. That will help to give you that drive for success. And also thinking, well, what do I want to change and update about myself? And where do I fit into the wider world? And if you can focus on all of those levels, it will create a profound sense of change and well-being within you. And it makes this healing journey, this well-being journey, very, very exciting. Whatever you're going on to do now, I hope you have a great day and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Take care and bye-bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast, please make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. If you are interested in what we do, please go to my website, www.tranquil-awakenings.co.uk. As well as information on the therapies I offer, there is also links to my Past Life Regression Therapist Programme and my professional hypnotherapy training programmes. If you are looking for online training for self-development, please go to debbieison.thinkific.com. And also remember to follow me on social media. Simply on Facebook, type in Tranquil Awakenings to find my business page. And I'm also on Instagram. I love hearing from you. Please do send any comments or questions. And if you have any ideas of what you would like me to talk about on future episodes, please do send me a message.